cold open. Tegan, where did we go last weekend? I don't need this. We, well, last weekend, but to the listener, it'll be like three, four. Four weeks ago. Yeah. We went to Evermore. <gasps> what is, whatever is that? Oh, it must be a Taylor Swift Wait, whatever album, right? more is that? Evermore is this, it's like a, I don't even want to call it a theme. I guess it is a themed park. It, it, it is does a purport is to be a theme park. <laughs> yes. But it, it's like a fantasy theme park. It's like a year-round renaissance fair. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is how I would describe it. And Especially have, the way we interacted with it. Yeah. Which was like vendors, shows, mm-hmm. soup. We saw a very attractive person consuming flame. That's true. Which was nice. He was he had the build of a firebender. He really did. I and wonder he was, if he in fact, bending fire. I wonder if he was inspired by Avatar. He even had the bun. He you know? The bun. You know? But the bun is also like a thing in like circus performers. You're right. I guess Avatar didn't like invent Make up the bun. The bun, well, yeah, or the high-waisted pants, or martial arts, I'm or firebending. <laughs> I'm wearing a bun today, and so you can tell I was really inspired. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he he was a very handsome man. He did also accidentally throw a ring of fire <laughs> into the audience, which was a little a bit amusing. <laughs> I missed that part, and I'm so mad. I was talking to a vendor about, I kid you not, maggots eating flesh off of, like, injuries oh he was trying to like gross me out and it was like but this isn't gonna work it was haunted because it's halloween tis the season yes to be haunted what did they call it they had a dumb word for halloween festivities lore is it lore right now lore fest (laughs) so stupid i love it anyway so i was a little elf Mm -hmm. you were a little what ranger you had a cloak. I did have a cloak. What a, was I? I was like... You had like druid ranger vibes. Druid is probably the closest because I had like white shirt, like brown pants. We'll post a picture. You're right. I don't have to describe it. But I was also wearing a flower crown because I thought it was cute. It was very cute. And lots of eyeshadow. So... It was a good look. And lipstick. <gasps> like um, a feminine. A feminine Like druid. a feminine. Like a feminine. Anyway, so we all we're all dressed up in our like fantasy wear. I'm wearing an egregious amount of skirts. And we went to the haunted It was called walk. The Haunt. It was The Haunt, but it was like a walk. It wasn't all inside. No. With like these vampire things. Yeah, okay. Well, it so it's like a haunted house. It it went around the outskirts of the entire park in like a big circle. Too and, big, some might say. And it was inside, then outside, and there were it it coasted off of character actors. Yes. We were like, oh, this place is hugely understaffed. There's no way there will be that many monsters. We <laughs> and, said that going in. And it turns out all of the like every staff it took us how long to get soup, Becca? An hour. It took us an hour to stand in line to get soup, which we had already paid for. And then we roll up to the haunt. And, and it's there's like, an actor every 10 feet. <laughs> there's like 90 people. So many people. All in intricate makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, pumpkin. Really pu- Wait, what was it? Pumpkin head. Pumpkin head. He comes for your head. That is a direct quote from pumpkin head <laughs> at the Evermore haunt. Pumpkinhead colon coming for your head. But I saw there was, I was assured there would not be zombies, mm-hmm. which was a falsehood because there was one zombie and I cried mm. <laughs> upon seeing it, which is funny because now I'm like, haha, so funny. Yeah. 
And before no, you I were was legitimately like, oh, so funny. Distressed during haunt. I can't handle haunted houses. It taps into a primal anxiety that I think I'm feeling at all times. Yeah, but it brings it to the surface in a way I do not enjoy. I'm so sorry, I but but what so exactly stressed. what exactly happened on this haunt? So a vampire like they look like bats, kind of. Mm-hmm. They're very much like. It's kind of logical vampire, kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of them lunged at me, and I decided to sprint away in aforementioned mini skirts. And our friend decided to stand stationarily. <laughs> well, I tripped on Ash, <laughs> and then I laid myself flat on the ground. And I didn't see this, but apparently the vampires behind me were like frozen because they didn't know what to do. They well, they were like reaching out. Because they wanted to help. But you can't help me when you're dressed like a vampire. And also you're the thing I'm running from. When you're the problem. (laughs) I was so scared. I had this giant leather bag and it made this horrible noise when it hit the ground. Yeah. And both my knees got a little bruised. Yeah. Did you, so you texted me relatively recently saying, Haunted Houses would be a good episode. Was this before or after the haunt? It was after. Because I was, I was so in the car. So you weren't too traumatized. Well, no, that's the thing. Afterwards, I'm fine. It's just during, like, afterwards, I was like, why do we do this? That wasn't fun. I didn't have fun. And yeah. I, I went to a ton of haunted houses as a teenager because that's, like, what you do. Yeah. And it, I, it, I never had fun. I've never had fun. It's always bad. Like, it's always Tegan's the one who falls. Tegan's the one who screams really loud. Tegan has to leave early. Little Tegan, like, peed her pants. Like, it is. That's like. I just can't handle it. I didn't it. know this about you. I'm so excited that this late in our relationship, there's still things to learn about each other. <laughs> I just hate haunted houses. We had, like, a church. They call it Trunk or Treat. Where yeah. They, you know, they have candy in the back of car trunks and you walk around and go to them. Anyway, inside the building, they had, like, a haunted house when I was. In, like, the youth ministry thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like my peers were the ones scaring me, and I was, like, crying. Yeah. And they were like, oh, Tegan's so scared. Yes. So sensitive. Correct. Mm. I am, in fact, so scared. (laughs) But you, okay, then I shouldn't have told you. That that one's all you (laughs) regarding a haunted house episode. Yeah. No, I'm. it's fine. It was interesting to research. Yeah. And we're talking... We're talking about real haunted houses. No. Oh, we're talking about like we're talking the gimmicks. About the attraction of a haunted house. Oh. So I didn't know that. We at the top of this, I was talking to my advisor. Sometimes he comes into the lab and I ask him questions about our topic. Yeah. Because he's older than I am, so sometimes he has insight, you know. Uh-huh. And oh gosh, I yawned. <laughs> See. <laughs> well, it's because it comes on without me recognizing it. I couldn't see it coming. <laughs> I went, oh. Well, I was, I was, okay. It was not to make you feel better. I was in the process of saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then a yawn interrupted it. Yeah. Not vice versa. <laughs> it was really funny, though. I look over and you're all. Oh. <laughs> Tegan, Tegan was on me earlier for yawning into the mic, which now I, now we can be self-referential about it and. Yeah. As long as we fix it. No, as long as we acknowledge it, it, it's not a problem. Oh, that's true. We have to take notes from Marvel, who apparently, in the finale of She-Hulk, had like a little segment where they went, like, where She-Hulk confronts a computer that's like, oh, you're too expensive, and the VFX artists have already moved on to another project, <gasps> and that was like the end of the season. What? The end of the show. Yeah. People Whoa. were mad about. 
people were mad about it. I I mean, I guess if, yeah, if Marvel's doing it, sure. The new gag is that Becca yawns sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Now you're part of the in-group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was I even talking about? Haunted House. Oh, oh Riley. Riley. So I asked, Haunted Riley. <laughs> Haunted Riley, my favorite advisor. I told him, or I said, hey, Riley, do you like Haunted Houses? And he said, like, which ones? And I was like, does that change your answer? And he was like, well, yeah, I don't like to spend money. <laughs> Which is fair. Which is a very good answer. So, yeah, he doesn't like the fake ones because he thinks you can find a real haunted house and it's a much better experience. It's probably true. Yeah. I've never been to a real one. Even those get turned into gimmicks. Okay. So, Tegan. Yes, Becca. We've been talking about haunted houses. We have been talking about Well, we've been talking about one haunt in particular. The haunt. But what I would like to know Mm. is what is the origin of haunted houses? It's pretty debated. But we think maybe the Grand Guignol Theater in France from, like, the 1800s. Can you be more specific? Yes. Welcome to Be More Specific, a podcast where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Tegan. And I'm Becca. It's so weird. It's not like riding a bike. <laughs> Podcasting is not like riding a bike. You don't just learn it once. I think in the Everyone Has a Podcast Except You book by the McElroy brothers, I think Justin says almost exactly that. Like, you, it doesn't. You don't get used to it. No. You're always trying to be original and funny. Making it unoriginal and mm-hmm. not. JPMs, they're down. <laughs> so far. So, haunt, I'm going to define our subject matter. We're talking about haunted houses, but we're not talking about real ones. Mm-hmm. We, we could do a ghost episode later, although I feel like that's going to get pretty broad. Yeah. Um, that, you could have a I do, ghost I do. podcast. I know. you. Can. People do. People, people have. There's many. Is that what morbid is? No, that's true crime. Not although morbid. It's is that what more just supernatural? There's another one. Lo- not lore. lore. Is it's, that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Lore? Anyway. Yeah. Do you, but, but do you believe, oh, no, you totally believe in haunted houses because you, you evidenced your grandmother's house. Yeah. I think, I think there are places with bad vibes, whether that be a biological thing where high stress events lead to pheromones that make you stressed out or ghosts it, or ghosts or whatever. I don't know. I think it would be presumptuous to assume I have an answer to anything ever. I support that. Thank you. I think that's a good perspective to have. (laughs) All Um, that I know is that I know nothing. Socrates. I was going to say, you should get that tattooed. That's really original. That's not exactly (laughs) what Socrates said, but it's basically what he said. I had to read his apology recently. (laughs) I forgot that he wrote an apology and I was like, did Socrates get canceled? (laughs) Socrates. He did kind of get canceled is the thing. What if you should rewrite his apology but in like a text document like on your phone in the notes app and screenshot it and post it on twitter that would be funny that would be funny i wish like, i had my phone to write that joke down <laughs> i'll just i'll forget this ever happened and, and then i'll listen back to the episode and go oh that's a great idea and then brinley will have already done it a haunted 
if for our conversation, a haunted attraction, we're going to be talking about live entertainment that simulates the experience of visiting a haunted location or a storyline typical of horror fiction. I think that's I think that's like emphasis on the second one. Yeah, horror fiction is really big. It used to be more like this house has ghosts in it and now it's like Welcome to Evermore. There is a cult of vampires, and there is technically a story, and you are a ghost hunter. And yeah. You see that guy over there? He's literally Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, I'm, this is directly from Wikipedia. I thought it was funny. They usually feature fearsome sets and characters, especially demons, ghosts, monsters, possessed people, witches or wizards, serial killers, and slashers. Humorous characters may also be included. <laughs> I want them to name the humorous characters. Me too. Did they put clowns in there? They don't, but there's clowns in so many of them. But mm-hmm. usually it's like, well, they're not they're not humorous. It's like this clown eats flesh. <laughs> it's true. Funny clowns. Okay, so the first maybe it's so the thing is haunted houses are built on like the unknown, you know? Like, as an attraction, they're built off of, like, word of mouth and exaggeration. So history is kind of hard to come by because mm-hmm. everyone's claiming they're first. Yeah, well, I think it's totally that thing where somebody is, like, inspired by a movie or a play or a yeah. book that they saw. They turn it into, like, a really fun, like, a, a one-time attraction carnival thing. People see it. They all make their own. And it's just, yeah. like, it takes one person being inspired by one thing to like copy it exactly yeah and it just spreads that's that's literally how movies worked the lumiere brothers came up with this fun little attraction that they showed at a carnival of like a one minute moving picture of a train or whatever or of workers leaving the factory yeah they showed it once and then it only took a couple of people to go that's actually a great idea i'm gonna make my own that's so cool i love it i love that but it does it does make tracking it down especially live theater because with films we have artifacts we have physical artifacts but with with like haunted houses there's not and especially we'll get into so much of haunted house history is delegated to home haunts where it's a private citizen Mm. makes a haunted house in their basement Mm -hmm. you know okay so the first haunted house or at least maybe was in 1915 the Orton and Spooner Ghost House at a carnival in Lip Hook, England. Carnival, I knew it. Yeah. It was a steam-powered room, like a fun room. Have you ever been in, like, a carnival fun room where it's, like, a trailer that you climb into and there's, like, mirrors and mazes and stuff, but it's, like, a trailer footprint size? And it's, like, <laughs> no. elevated? there. So at carnivals and, like, festivals in California, there's a ton of these. And there's even haunted ones. Like, I've been in haunted ones and i think they're electrical i have a picture to show you of the ghost house i'll be posting this picture but here's the ghost house this is the real one it still exists that's cool yeah it's you got frankenstein hanging out this guy skeleton is that sans (laughs) is that sans in the 1915 orton and spooner ghost house Anyway, it steam-powered, it had, like, demonic shrieking, and, like, there's a picture of the hallway, and it's, like, tilted, so that when you're walking down the hallway, you know, you feel like you're falling, which is a thing in fun houses. So it's just, it's like a reskinned carnival fun house. 
But yeah, there's a ton of these fun houses like at like festivals and stuff in California. I went on them when I was a kid. It's thought. So there's a question as to like why this was created. There's some theories that it was like for his wife who was into like the macabre. But in general, in the 18th and 19th century, London and Paris were like pretty into messed up stuff. Yeah. Like they liked horror. Marie Tussaud, the wax of wax figure fame. Mm-hmm. Have you do you know how she got her start? No. Buckle up. Did she use real bodies? No. It's weirder. In 1802, she scandalized British audiences with sculptures of decapitated French figures from the French Revolution. Oh. Because she's the one who made their death masks. Oh. (laughs) What's a death mask again? A death mask was this thing where when you died, they would put like plaster or other like wax on your face to essentially keep your likeness. Mm-hmm. Because there was no pictures, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, death masks of a ton of historical figures. Anyway, so she, Marie Tussaud, created what was called the Chamber of Horrors. And that's where all of these wax figurines were. And the name Chamber of Horrors for Marie Tussaud's continues to this day. I've been in a couple of Madame Tussaud's, like, wax figure museums. I've never heard about a Chamber of Horrors. Okay, so then the thing I mentioned at the top, the Grand Theater, the... It's... In English, it's the Theater of the Great Puppet, and it's the Grand Guignol Theater from 1897 to 1962 did these, like, super graphic, they call, it's, like, graphic and amoral and, like, these, like, crazy plays where it was, like, everyone come and sit down. You're going to watch a beautiful woman be disfigured. But it would all be, like, VFX. Except for there was a ton of cases of, like, actors being, like, actually hurt extremely badly. Um, Okay. Because I'm wondering, because I just watched Night of the Living Dead yesterday, Mm -hmm. which on the Blu-ray it says, like, nobody below 18 is allowed to watch this. And I was like, that's weird, because on the internet it just said (laughs) PG-13. And it was just, like, it was extremely R-rated graphic, the most, like, disgusting stuff that had ever been captured on film before, and I watch it now, and I'm like, oh, it's just, like, not, it's, like, really not that bad. I think now this would be considered, like, overacting and over the top, but, like... But still pretty. It was pretty, and there were like cases especially of if they were being like actually gouged out. Right, if stage. they were actually dedicated enough. <laughs> well, and there would to be do something to their bodies, like light, because there's all mutilation. Only, yeah, I just feel like it's interesting because VFX and special effects, and have they desensitized us? Well. well no what i'm saying is that they've gotten good enough that you'd like in order to get a reaction most of the time you don't have to do anything actually bad to a body that didn't used to be the case yeah that's true (laughs) so i don't know if people have ever actually been I, i i just i wonder about this trend of sensitization yeah where back then there were these crazy plays where people would get killed on stage and that's how people had to get their kicks. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the weird puritanical era after the 1900s. This kind where of, I kind of like reading about this place, they had like you could pay extra to like sit in a box because some people would get so aroused during it. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of get the panic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
like some yeah, of the like, stuff of that course, was happening on stage. The stuff was, like, was so messed bad. up that it makes sense that the that, that everybody reacted. swung the other way uh-huh. and became like overtly and extremely religious. Yeah. And then people kind of had to work their way up to like a happy medium, <laughs> which I largely feel like we're in right now. We'll get to places of the country that are, are not things that aren't. Yeah. OK. We have this still. But there's also so the term I didn't know this. The Grand Guin. Now I'm yes. Every time I say it, it's Guignol. The Grand Guignol. <laughs> it's spelled. Just don't look at the U. You can. Guignol. It's like Guignol. Guignol. The term the Grand Guignol. Got it. Is like today it's used for graphic or amoral entertainment. And it can be used to describe. I have heard from, that before. I was going to ask if you had anything from Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus to today's splatter films, which is a gross Wikipedia page. I don't recommend looking at it. Okay, good to know. But some examples of what people saw they had one of their plays was a doctor finds his wife's lover in his operating room. So he performs a brain surgery, rendering the adulterer a hallucinating semi zombie. Mm. There's another one where. A nanny strangles two children in her care. There's one where in an insane asylum, two hags use scissors to blind a pretty young fellow inmate. Oh, okay. That's like so crazy. Oh, my goodness. There's just so many gaps in my knowledge. You know, everybody's always talking about how messed up Oedipus is. That was like hundreds of years ago that was written. Mm -hmm. And then we just like skip to nowadays messed up stuff yeah <laughs> it's it's absolutely wild and it just nobody references the grand guignol until no. you're in like fourth year humanities classes and then you're like oh humans have always there's something to like this craving of seeing violence yeah which as someone who grew up on the internet and saw a lot of things i wish i hadn't yeah like there's this weird desire sometimes to like see messed up stuff I, for some people, it's really, I don't know. It, there's ethics, obviously, but, like. I really, yeah, I don't know what to attribute it to. It's just, like, a part of humanity. Yeah. But so something I thought was kind of interesting and important to highlight was the reason why this theater closed. It closed in 1962, and management attributed the closure in part to the fact that the Holocaust had happened. Oh. And their faux horrors now didn't do it for people anymore because they were so, it was bad, right? So there's a quote, we can never equal Butchenwald, said its final director, Charles Nonnon. Before the war, everyone felt that what was happening on stage was impossible. Now we know that the that these things and worse are possible. Yep. Yeah, so I feel like that happens a lot, though, with, like, horror, where you're like, oh, this is so scary, and then you find out something similar happened in real life. It's not funny anymore. Oh, never mind. I'm not having fun. Yeah. Vampires are cool because they're not real, but, like, torture, less fun, which we will get to. (laughs) Spooky Halloween episode. Okay, so what types of haunted houses exist? There's kind of a couple main categories. I'm going to be talking about America in particular, because, didn't realize this, America's kind of like Halloween city. I didn't realize that, like, outside of America, Halloween is not celebrated, even today, yeah, in not, the same way. Not nearly to the same extent. Yeah. It's a, a weird, like, uniquely American invention. And, like, uh, Halloween as we have it, it is not in any way worldwide. There's this really cool book that I read. 
I read a book again called Trick or Treat, A History of Halloween by Lisa Morton. And I just want to shout that out at the top. It'll be in the sources, of course. But of course, she did a really good job. So 10 out of 10. Thank you, Lisa Morton. Haunted Rides. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite haunted ride? Haunted ride? Yeah, like a, at a theme park. I'm super into Tower of Terror. I like Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror is great. I mean, it's not like I've been on all that many haunted rides. I like Haunted Mansion a lot Mm -hmm. when it's not Halloween themed because they turn it into the night before Christmas, which I just, I'm not as into. I I get why people like it, but I I, I prefer the like old timey, Twilight Zone-y, 20s, 30s, like. To the weird like claymation. I like nightmare before christmas like Mm -hmm. a normal amount yeah i agree with you with haunted mansion and like i don't know i I just like that aesthetic a lot the whole like black and white television Mm -hmm. type of thing when we went to france we went to disneyland paris and went on the haunted mansion ride there Mm -hmm. and it's kind of interesting because it's situated in like the western town and on the outside it has like a western aesthetic And on the inside, the storyline is, like, sort of the same in that there is, like, a wife who mm. dies. But in the French storyline, she kills a bunch of husbands <gasps> first. And she's, like, the main oh, character. And then she gets, like, whisked away, I think, by a demon. And was then it's French? the graveyard part. Yeah. So oh, I don't okay. know exactly. <laughs> it was all context clues. <laughs> I just thought it was cool that the female was, like, the main character instead of, like, a character among various haunts. The sad attic ghost. Yeah, Yeah. instead of the single sad attic ghost. It was, like... I really... Haunted Mansion is something that I... I don't know. I had a friend in high school who was, like, pretty into it. So Mm -hmm. she would, like, talk about the history all the time. And there is so... Like, it is a very... It took forever for them to make that ride. Mm -hmm. But it is pointed to be an inspiration for many haunts. It was built in 1969... It was supposed to be a walkthrough at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And they were, they were arguing, two Imagineers, after Walt died, were started just arguing all the time about if it should be genuinely scary or if it should be silly haha fun. Yeah. And that's why the one in Disneyland is half genuinely, like, mm-hmm. a scary place. And then the other half is like, now there's skeletons and they're dancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. When I was probably, like, eight or nine... My family went to Disneyland, and we got stuck in Haunted Mansion oh. in the graveyard scene for probably an hour. Wow. And the animatronics never stopped. That would... That sounds awful. It was... I it, Like, <laughs> there's this one that jumps out every now and then yeah. like, to be scary or yeah. whatever. And my my car with my family, and then also, like, the cars, like, near us, the little, like, rotating things, mm. we would all go, boo, right before it would come out because we were just <laughs> counting. That's... That's funny. It was the worst. I had to pee so bad. Yeah. I Um, remember being, like, truly terrified right before the first time we went on the Haunted Mansion. And the first time I went on it, I thought it was all terrifying. Anyway, the reason we're talking about Haunted Mansion is because uh, Edward Douglas, who works under the name Midnight Syndicate to create soundtracks for haunted houses. Oh, that's a cool job. Yeah. He calls the Haunted Mansion the granddaddy of what we do. Like, it is, it's not just, like, Disney nerds who like the Haunted Mansion, like, horror. Yeah. People are, like, no, they did a fantastic job of atmosphere, which I think is kind of cool. That I don't is know. cool. Yeah. It's nice that it's not just, like, a dark ride. Mm-hmm. So it's also theorized that the reason why Haunted Houses took off is because the children who went through Haunted Mansion, like, 
grew up and were seeking these like more intense VFX experiences because they had had it in their childhood. Mm-hmm. So that's just a postulate. That makes for, like, sense. Or recently, <coughs> recently I was talking to my boss and I was getting horror recommendations from him because mm-hmm. he's a big horror fan and I've started watching horror movies. I'm in my brave era. <laughs> Good. By I was the way, you say it. That's what I'm calling it. I stole it from another podcaster, so it's copyright. <laughs> but I was I was getting recommendations from him and he was talking about how. Most of these movies he watched when he was way too young, and that's something he has in common with most people who like horror, is that almost yeah. everybody fesses up to saying, oh, I watched this this particular movie way too young, and then just, like, continued to watch horror movies. See, I watched Poltergeist way too young, and yeah. I was like, cool, I never want to have this experience again, and I just avoided it. So I, I feel like there's 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 two paths. I, I, guess, I guess so. I just didn't, I didn't watch anything. <laughs> remotely scary when I was young I was always very like scared I I, like didn't trust myself with most things well I was my thing is I hate when I can't sleep okay haunted houses so we talked about haunted rides and now actual haunted houses because obviously Mm -hmm. it's hard Yes. I do. Have a Sorry, Becca just raised both hands in the air. It looks like I was holding her up at gunpoint. What? <laughs> you said haunted house, and I realized why are they haunted houses? What about houses? Why isn't it? Why is it the all encompassing term? And why are most haunted oh. houses houses instead of like castles? Well, there are haunted, there is a haunted castle we'll talk about, and there's also. Like, there are, like, haunted corn mazes and stuff. But haunted house, the reason why they're called haunted houses is because that's how they started. Okay. Like, in people's basements, which is kind of cool. That is cool. I've just never really, like, thought of that before. Yeah. Because it would make more sense to just call these places as, like, a blanket term a haunted site, you know? A haunt. A haunted, like, attraction. attraction. Yeah, yeah. But instead it's... And a lot of these attractions are listed as horror-themed dark ride or, like, horror-themed corn maze. Like, it's not even ha- – like, haunted is such a bizarre term to, like, give to something. I feel like haunting doesn't get to people this anymore. This is our haunted sound booth. <laughs> We're haunting it <laughs> with our presence. Horror – scary things are just – so fascinating yeah oh my goodness it is oh my i'm just like thinking about it now i always was like oh wow jenny's such a morbid little girl i don't understand watching all these youtube videos but i listened to a podcast about the movie halloween and how a big part of the reason halloween happened and the whole slasher movement happened is because Mm -hmm. there started being real serial killers in the midwest yeah there were real things to be afraid of instead of not real things to be afraid of and so much of horror like I, I didn't talk about it much because I, I I don't know the the I didn't the French theater we were talking about yeah the Guignol theater did I get it I feel like I just want to put in a tally of every different of, of every time you like <laughs> pronounce it differently okay I'm just a little ding but uh, something so a lot of their a lot of the plots of those plays were about specifically medical doctors malpracticing yeah and the theory is that at the time. Like, it's fair at that time to be scared of medical doctors. They didn't really know what they were doing. They did mutilate people. Yeah. But they would showcase these, like, mad scientists because there was a distrust in this new thing, Mm -hmm. this new scientific practice that, like, could kill you. And a lot of the times, like, it wasn't necessarily that the doctors were evil. They just couldn't help. And so 
you have this individual who has all these sick people coming to them and then everyone dies. And maybe they would have died anyway. Yeah. But like, of course they distrusted medicine. Of course they had horror surrounding medicine. Yeah. And now there's this question of like, I don't know how much of our horror, I think my question is how much of our horror is going to become based on things like infectious diseases. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we had that with bird flu and swine flu and stuff. Mm -hmm. How big is that going to come back because it was a literal pandemic? Media media really is a mirror of our times. It really is. Haunted houses, we don't quite know when modern ones started. A fun fact, in Japan, during the hot summer months, they will have haunted houses or ghost houses because it's thought that if you're scared, it makes you, like, colder, like it cools you off. That's awesome. Trick or Treat, the book I read, hypothesizes that the reason haunted houses started in the 1930s is to divert the attention of pranking young boys. Because Halloween used to be, there are all these, like, quote-unquote like boy guides i don't know have you ever seen like like the little handbook for daring girls or the little yes handbook? yes Those i have were they're real ones from like we had one that was like 20s. a handbook for like women that was written in like the 70s or something and i just vividly remember there was a checklist for like what makes a good like boyfriend or whatever yes. and <laughs> if you got too many he's gay <laughs> <laughs> I had one of them. I had a book like that. That was like mine was the little the big book for daring girls, and it was more modern. Mm-hmm. It was like a modern take on that type of handbook, quote yeah. unquote. But it had some wild stuff, regardless. Anyway, so they had books, and the books would say things like, "Oh, Halloween is the one night of the year that a boy can prank, and even if he has to like fix it, it is worth it before he has like done it on Halloween on all all Hallows Night or whatever, right?" In I read that like in the book where it was like oh maybe it was to stop pranking boys and I was like it couldn't have been that bad like okay pranks in 1901 the Tribune the Chicago Tribune ran an editorial complaining that violent tricks had become the rule and this is a direct quote there's no reason men should be beaten and women insulted simply because the next day is the first of November (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh they, they like so much money in like damages like boys would flip cars they would cut power lines like it yeah. was there's one year they called it black halloween in reference to black friday in 1930 oh because so many things happened a shop owner died because they lit in in a town because they lit a, a like a shop on fire and he died of smoke inhalation oh my um many cities considered banning halloween but they thought of a great idea which was Use schools and civic organizations to sponsor parades, costume parties, and other, like, haunts. They needed distractions. As part of a nationwide drive for a safe Halloween. Which, when I was little, I remember things about, like, have a safe Halloween this year. And I was like... What does... What do you mean? Like, don't get kidnapped? You go trick-or-treating. Like, don't... Oh, don't have a black cat. Someone will steal it like i i didn't understand but like there was a time when halloween was like apparently no i don't think it's like the purge but it kind of sounds like the purge yeah there's this in a party pamphlet called a fun halloween from 1937 there's a description of a trail of terror and what does this sound like to you an outside entrance leads to a rendezvous with ghosts and witches in a cellar or attic Hang old fur, strips of raw liver on walls, where one feels his way to dark steps. 
Weird moans and howls come from dark corners. Damp sponges and hair nets hung from the ceiling touch his face. At one place, Tige, who is a guard dressed as a dog, suddenly jumps out at him, barking and growling. Doorways are blockaded, so guests must crawl through a long, dark tunnel. At the end, hears a plantative meow and sees a black cardboard cat outlined in luminous paint. So this is like a prototype for a haunted house. This was a description of a haunted house? Yeah, they would have handbooks that they would give oh. to towns and say, here, here's a trail oh, of terror to distract government? your boys. Like civic organizations, yeah. Huh. Um, That's so funny. For example, the, the Minneapolis Halloween Committee was formed in 1933. 1933 was a bad time. I Like, that black Halloween was like... Everywhere in America. After over $100,000 in property damage was done, Mm -hmm. the committee was to provide an outlet party so kids didn't destroy the town. And then the JCs, which is the United States Junior Chambers, they were this civic group. They started using haunted houses in the 70s to make money. So for a while there, it was just kind of like a, a thing like schools would put on. And then the JCs started using it as a non-profit fundraiser and it took off did you ever go to like a non-profit fundraiser haunted house i went to one for my drama department in high school they were everywhere in california i don't know maybe they're in utah but i don't think i ever heard of any that's fair (laughs) you also i don't know were you like a haunted house kid like did your friends go to haunted houses okay so i'm gonna about to say something like depressing yeah I didn't really have friends for most of my <laughs> childhood. I'm so sorry. I would just be dragged places. Yeah. I guess in high school, people went to haunted houses frequently, but it was like a fun date night, and mm. it just never interested me. Yeah. No, it's but, fair. But there were also ones that you, like, paid to go to. They weren't, like... F- yeah. As, as in, like, they were dedicated attractions. They weren't for any sort of charity, not mm. for any you know, civic thing. The nonprofit haunted houses, in at least my memory, stopped when I hit high school, which would have been when you were like young, young, young. So I wonder yeah. if part of it is just I was at the right age for when they still existed. Probably because there's a reason why they stopped existing, and yeah. we will get into it. Okay. Well, I do remember the like a frequent idea for organizations I was in was like, oh, let's do a, a haunted house at the high mm-hmm. school, and most people were just kind of like, oh, too hard. <laughs> yeah, gonna not do that. <laughs> <coughs> Our my high school's drama department did a really good haunted house. It was hated it, hated it. The JCs encouraged its young members to put up haunted houses in abandoned buildings or fields as a way to raise money. And then AmericanHaunts.com has has this. In 19, 1975, two men from the Bloomington, Illinois chapter, Jim Gold and Tom Hilligoss, decided to write a book about how to create one. They detailed makeup effects, scene ideas, and marketing strategy. Over 20,000 copies were printed, basically a handbook to a haunted house. And Gould and Hilgoss became the first ever haunted house experts. They would go on to form the Haunted House Company, one of the first outfits to sell FX, masks, lighting, costumes, and marketing materials all in one place. These two men are also the ones who created the first ever Santa's Village for Christmas time. Visionaries. Visionaries, truly. I would love to read a book about these guys. And now I'm just thinking about, I'd love to read a book about haunted houses. This book, the trick or treat one, is actually pretty solid. Yeah. I've, I can, you can borrow it if you'd like. And then there's also, have you ever heard of a hell house? No. So it's like a haunted house, but it's like specifically evangelical Christian groups use them. 
There's this group called Campus Life that does them like in a really big way. They have established themes and it's actually this evangelical. So Campus Life, this evangelical group, they didn't do Hell Houses originally, but they kind of like set the stage for haunted houses through church organizations. And then Hell Houses came a little bit later. But it's like you make a haunted house, but you don't interact really with the actors. It's like tableaus, like each room is a different scene. Oh. And so you walk into a room and it's like they're pretty it's pretty horrifying. Yeah. Where it's like someone crying because they had premarital sex and now they're in hell. (laughs) And it's scary because it's hell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely, in my opinion, a callback to that, to the theater we were talking about at the top. I think there's so much of this stuff that calls back to a bunch of people coming in a room to watch something horrifying happen and hell houses are like, it's just reinventing that. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen Interview with the Vampire? No, not yet. <laughs> oh. Well, there's just a part at the end where there's these vampires who are doing, I think it might be Paris in the early 1900s. Okay. I think it might be a callback to the <laughs> to, it probably to the Grand is. Guignol or whatever. And there's like these vampires who, they're showmen who, they pretend to be vampires on stage. And they, like, decapitate people on stage yeah. and, like, undress women. And the whole audience is, like, into it for most of it. For pretty much all of it, actually. That's, yeah. like, what's so horrifying about it. Like, yeah, the vampires are, like, bad men who are doing bad things yeah. because they're vampires. But also the fact that, like, they are, like, established showmen in this town and they're still getting all these people coming. Yeah. And it's it's haunting. And it doesn't matter what they're... Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. I, that, I think... A 100% has to be a callback. Yeah. I mean, it could... It. Uh, there was a lot of this. I don't know if it's France. It's Europe, definitely. But there was a lot of... There was also, like, you could go to watch surgery. Yeah. Like, the this desire for the macabre was very, very, very big and still is, but it was just in a more visceral way because VFX didn't exist yet. Hell House It's so crazy. Like, I don't know. Want bad. A- 18th century people make do, and they just... <laughs> literally kill people 18th century people make do and then you just pull out a knife and like stab someone it's horrifying (laughs) cheers (laughs) laugh tracks hell houses may have first appeared in the 1970s but they didn't attract major attention until a colorado pastor named keenan roberts began selling a hell house outreach kit trigger warning skip forward the next 30 seconds if you don't want to hear what evangelicals think you go to hell for just up front Priced at $299, the kit includes instructions on how to run a Hell House. For additional fees, Hell House presenters can also purchase add-ons that include gay wedding, post-birth abortion, and cyber chick multimedia. What? The last cyber chick? TNT to caution the dangerous cesspool the internet has become. There are now hundreds of Hell Houses offered in the United States every year. They claim a 35% conversion rate. Cyber chick? Yeah. And afterwards you meet in a room with a pastor and the pastor like tries to convert you. Why do people go to these? Well they're they're good haunted Are houses. Are they advertised as just haunted houses? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad, right? And that's bad. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's pretty horrifying. So a lot of haunted houses they started getting more complex as Hollywood stopped needing physical and makeup effects. So as Hollywood stopped doing physical on-site practical effects, suddenly these practical effects artists 
had like what, what are they gonna do and haunted houses haunted attractions became a good place especially because remember uh disneyland just had this super cool practical effect based the blueprint attraction yeah, yeah. and so there's this like it, it's really cool how it all like built at once for mm-hmm. practical artists to have jobs and then places like spirit halloween started employing full-time artists to make animatronic figures body parts headstones etc yeah yeah interesting i was waiting for spirit halloween to get involved in this conversation <laughs> I was waiting for our favorite player, Spirit Halloween. If you went to a haunted house in the 1980s and 1990s, you would have seen a lot of Freddy Krueger, Jason, Pinhead. The haunted house industry really followed the movie industry at the time, said Larry Kirchner, who was the president of the Haunted House Association. Okay. Um, so I it used to be that they followed, like, slasher films pretty closely. Yeah. But I would say now it doesn't really. I think it's gone out of vogue a little bit. Yeah. And the really, like, the... The new haunted houses, the torture houses, basically, which we'll get into, they're not following any kind of media moment. They're just kind of doing the worst, the worst thing they can possibly think of. Hmm. So haunted houses were these kind of, you know, basements. They were kind of just kind of thrown together. There's a lot of, like, fire violations and stuff. Hmm. So they got super under public scrutiny when the haunted castle, which was a attraction at Six Flags in New Jersey burned in 1984 which and it killed eight teenagers whose bodies were found 20 feet from an emergency exit so it's confusing on purpose on the inside Mm -hmm. and it was technically a non-permanent attraction and there was all of these ways that haunted houses were getting around rules and so then after this there was like a major crackdown everywhere in the US. No kidding. Which makes sense and there's there are some like there's this documentary of people who make home haunts who were like, oh, I can't have this because the fire department will get mad. I can't have this because I had to pay this much money for a sprinkler system. It's, you know, like the good of the haunt or whatever. And it's like, I don't like people died. <laughs> get get over it. It's OK to have code. Like, it's OK to have building codes. Right. I don't know. It was a really weird. What this also led to the number of professional haunted houses skyrocketing. Mm. So it just yeah. suddenly if you have. If you're for profit and you have money, it's a lot easier to like meet building codes and not have violations that get you shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Around this time as well. So there's that haunted house that burns down, right? In at Six Flags. But there was also in 1973, Knott's Berry Farm did the first like scare zone with the Knott's Scary Farm. Have you heard of that? They call it the <gasps> Knott's Scary Farm. I think I've been to Knott's Scary Farm. <laughs> But their their whole thing of reskinning their park for Halloween. It's not scary though. They have scary parts. They have scare zones for adults. Oh. Maybe I just went during the day and there's just like a lot of pumpkins. They usually during the day is for kids and at nighttime. They okay. usually have age limits. That's how Six Flags works. Okay. Um, Man. I forgot that I've been to Knott's Berry Farm. It was fun. Knott's Berry Farm's a good place. I liked it. They, I just love how their only big media entity they have is peanuts. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Like, hilarious. <laughs> So Halloween-themed attractions, they all, like every other major place followed suit following Knott's Scary Farm. Yeah. Six Flags was in 1986, Universal in 1991, and then Disney made their not-so-scary Mickey Halloween or whatever in 1995. It's literally called the not-so-scary because they're like, we promise we're still Disneyland. 
<laughs> Ignore the corpse in the haunted mansion. <laughs> Ignore the skeletons in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> we're not scary. We're Disney. So modern haunted houses. Extreme horror is kind of the thing currently. After the fire in New Jersey, two decades later, about 2,700 professional haunted houses st- like opened and were operating in 2014. A large haunted house attraction can reportedly earn $3 million during the Halloween season. Whoa. And the industry is worth $300 million, according to NBC report. a lot mm-hmm. of money. Modern haunted houses are usually commercial and for-profit reasons we talked about earlier it's also a lot of this like special effects stuff is kind of expensive mm-hmm. and if you can upfront pay you know a thousand dollars and have like a super awesome animatronic yeah cool you have that now for how many seasons like they can it, it's a very much like a upfront capital yeah totally game extreme haunted houses have taken the stage currently in media conversation you've probably seen news articles and stuff about them mm-hmm. there's blackout houses where you feel the walls and you like sign waivers and actors can touch you it's completely dark which to me feels like a cop-out like oh it's scary because you can't see you know what i mean yeah like oh you you don't even have to put like makeup on your actor it's just like a guy touching you in the dark like that it's scary for a different reason Yeah, no kidding. VR-based experiences, interactive houses. This made me think of something. The zombie escape room that my husband acted in. Yeah. It's technically a haunted house. Oh, interesting. It's a horror-based attraction. (laughs) You're basically, it's an escape room, but there's a zombie on a chain, and the chain gets longer so the zombie can, like, get closer to you. Mm -hmm. And if the zombie touches you, then you're basically put in timeout, and the rest of your team has to try to finish the room. Yeah. I'm scared of zombies, so I've never done it with him as the zombie, because I would, once again, cry, fall on my face, etc., etc. So, wait, so you've never done the zombie room? He had, he took me in after hours. Okay. And, like, like set up everything, and I did the puzzles, because he was like, I know you'll like the puzzles, and I was like, I can't do the zombie. Yeah. So, we, I did the room alone after hours while he just, like, hung out. That's funny. It it took like it only took like thirty minutes. Like it's really easy if you don't have a have zombie. the zombie there. Because <laughs> yeah. I I've done it. I've done the zombie room, but I haven't done it with Desert as the zombie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm thinking about we did this. It's a huge thing in like London and probably other big cities. Just the whole interactive live theater, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we went through one that was War of the Worlds themed, where actors took us through. Basically, it was a haunted house. Oh, my God. It wasn't super scary for most... Actually, no. It was pretty dang scary. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's meant to inspire, like, the same thrills that haunted houses do. There's this one part yeah. where we we are, like, led into the room by a scientist, and he goes to, like, explore this egg that's landed on Earth, and he gets, like, engulfed in flames. <gasps> and then we have to, like, move on. We go into this, like, house. You have to house. move on after seeing this man die. Yeah. We move... Oh, wow. This is... It kind of was a haunted house, but just not, like gory really but except for the part where we were in a house and like the lights were flickering off and we see this woman who gets an alien robotic arm like through like it comes out of her chest and it's like a strobe light going on and it was terrifying yeah that was a haunted house wow yeah that was a haunted house and there's a part at the end where you we all got like put in these little booths and we were being like told like this this won't make any sense story-wise, but there's, like, a like a religious sermon going on because that's how some people are dealing with the t- 
terror of the aliens oh, yeah. coming to Earth. And we're in, like, this confession booth, and we start getting poked. And I'm pretty sure they were with those, like, grabber things that disabled people use. Oh. But we're, like, poked and prodded at in the dark <gasps> by what are meant to be, like, alien, alien tendrils. <gasps> That's terrifying. And I only got poked, like, two or, like, maybe three or four times. <laughs> One of my friends in the booth right over, he was, like, so reactive that they, like, didn't stop poking him. <laughs> I just, that's like, stopped. Problem. Yeah, See, that's something. I I think I learned pretty young that if I was scared, they would be mean to me. Yeah. But if I cried, no one would scare me anymore. That's, they would just be scary near me. That's I hilarious. Was, yeah. I did the Walking Dead. This is my zombie phobia has many origins, one of which may be the Walking Dead haunted house I did at Six Flags. Huh. When I was I haven't like heard of 12. this. Yeah, no, it was bad. I don't yeah, too, return to it. Too close to the Mm-mm. vest. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Not worth it. Well, I just, I feel like it's a testament to the attraction that I went to that I didn't even realize that it's basically a haunted house. Anyway, because I've always been somebody who's like, I don't identify as per- a person who would like going to haunted houses. I don't like seeing gory things. I don't like actors interacting with me, touching me. Mm-hmm. Just like the, at a, like being scared is not attractive to me. Agreed. But storytelling is. And the things that we went through, it was like a really compelling story. It sounds like it was interesting. It, it was interesting. I really, that's something... And that's why I want to watch horror movies, is because there's a lot of, like, great, iconic movies that I would not, that I would just be writing off if I didn't watch them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like you said, storytelling is important. Yeah. Okay, so extreme haunted houses are kind of, that's the next thing, right? Yeah. And there are some pretty horrifying ones. The most notorious is probably the McKamey Manor, which is, it's basically a torture house. Like, I don't want to do it the service of calling it a haunted house. Yeah. It's this guy. It's free. You have to, like, sign up. You get chosen by him to go through the house. There's no entrance fee, but you do have to bring a bag of food for his dogs, which is weird. And people leave with, like, real damage, like, real physical and mental damage. You sign a bunch of waivers, and the waivers say, like, basically you... You waive your right to, like, like you can get a tattoo, you can get your hair cut, you can get, like, physically mutilated. It's horrifying. That's so um, weird. Why would anybody do that? Good question. That's the thing. I feel like At this, this point, I'm just like, oh, this must be exclusively sexual. Yeah. Well, and the manor <laughs> posts videos of some of its guests on YouTube. You can watch them. Yeah. Like, watch people being, like, screamed at. And it's... It's very reminiscent to, like, police brutality, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and also a lot of, like, torture that we know happens within, like, the CIA. Like, yeah, waterboarding, he claims, like, a bunch of people have come forward and said, I went through this experience, he waterboarded me. And he's like, no, it's psychological. They think they're being waterboarded, but they're not. What? Which, fun fact, today, <laughs> Desert wakes up from a dead sleep. Comes into the, like, office where I'm researching. I was just finishing up before this. And I have two Wikipedia pages open. One is a waterboarding. And the other is extreme haunted houses. And he said, spoilers? That's funny. And I was like, yeah. It was. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's caught up on the podcast, huh? Yeah. So he's a good husband he's now. He's a good husband As now. opposed to a bad husband. Before he was bad, yes. McKin- McKamey also originally did not allow safe words. 
until 2017. And even then, people are saying, like, I say the safe word and it doesn't stop. I see. I I sympathize with those people. <laughs> they but signed like, the signed waivers. It. No, that's the thing. That's a lot of discourse about this is like, but you knew what you were getting into. There are videos posted. Yeah. You know, but... It's just it's just a bad thing that happens. It's just a bad thing. <laughs> it's so there's this newest the newest iteration, which I can't tell if it's still operating or not. He mm. stopped posting videos. I hope that this was one of the things that the pandemic killed. <laughs> Me too. The newest tour, a ten hour experience called Desolation, offers a prize of twenty thousand dollars for successful completion. It's disgusting. You like you know he thinks he's an artist. Well, ready for this? McCamey deducts five hundred from the prize for every failed challenge. Or for the use of profanity, because he claims he's straight-laced. Is this, is this Saw? Okay, hear me out. A movie I will never watch? No, neither will I. The puppet? Saw's a puppet. Yeah. <gasps> Guignol? Yeah. That's, I, I, don't, I couldn't find any like, direct reference, but the fact that it is like physical mutilation as a form of entertainment... And it is being led by a giant puppet feels like too much of a coincidence to me. Yeah. I, you, I like I was researching this. And once again, I was like, man, you can write a whole thesis about this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> too bad I'm doing flies. <laughs> <laughs> they also you, you're forced to eat things. Nope. And drink things. OK. And he also does psychological torture. Communities where the tour is stationed. Restaurants question how it's legal you also waive your right. Like, you can be given drugs to hallucinate as part of the quote-unquote experience. It's bad. It's not like... I feel like everything else we talked about is, like, scaring people within, like, acceptable bounds. Yeah, and, and like, like, it's kind of weird, but, like, I I guess I, I get, get it. it. Yeah. And then this is, like... Just, like, immoral. <laughs> you like hurting people? And people like being hurt. Yeah, and there's also a lot of intense, like, sexual yeah, abuse yeah. allegations. He's a bad guy. Yeah. I would like to be... I don't... Blech. bad <laughs> it's it is like haunted house gone wrong i guess like yeah. if you really if you if you cater only to your worst instincts rather than entertaining them like yeah. i don't know there is there like there's a line so this i don't know weird. the exact line but it's like weird. this crosses it yeah this one this one specifically is weird to me because the founder is so directly involved with every step of the process making it feel like, it's for him. Him. But there are other, like, extreme houses, like Blackout, Miasma, 17th Door, Shock Theater, and others, all which have torture. Like, you sign waivers, and they do, like, electric shock and, like, essentially waterboarding, but, like, not technically waterboarding and stuff. But they take safe words seriously, and they also have, like, employees, and it's, like, you buy tickets. It's not, like, you don't get chosen. You just have to, like, pass a screening, like a health screening, mm-hmm. which I still would never do, and I... I question some of the ethics, especially because, like, at Blackout, mild sexual assault is on the table. And at 17th Door, there's a mock school shooting. Like, it is horror in a very, like, this is what you are actually scared of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that kind of, I mean, just when you said the school shooting thing and... I remember when Strain- the new season of Stranger Things came out and yeah. the first episode, there's, like, really graphic imagery of child murder. Yeah. And people were like, hey, a trigger warning would have been, like, super cool. Yeah. And it really only became 
a big thing because it was right after the huge one in Texas that happened recently where like mm. I think it yes. was like 20 kids you know but that kind of imagery I'm not interested in anyway even yeah. if it is like even if it's not just after one mm-hmm. it's just like there's I feel like there is like an ethical question to like what can be portrayed ethically yeah do you know what I mean yeah. And that is like a hard question because like is. I don't support censorship. People I want artists to represent even the hard things in life. Yeah. But when it is like purely for like especially titula- it titillation, out of, not, even, not even just sexual, just like there's no story. purely just because you like to look at it. Well, and this isn't even you like to look at it. It's you want to experience it. Yeah. It's very like. But people also can do what they want. Yeah, it's it's really, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, it gets really really complicated. I just I don't know. It's something to I don't think get about. it. I, and yeah, I don't want to <sighs> yuck anyone else's yums. Yeah. But when it becomes like an like, I'll yuck the McCamey yum. Whatever. Yeah, we can, we can <laughs> yuck him. Something to note in the Halloween fun book that I talked about earlier from 1937, it recommends a chair wired to deliver a mild electric shock as part of its haunted house. So like. Physical components like this are not new. Even in, like, this super, like, toned down... It was probably supposed to be, like, a, like a light, like, oh, right? Yeah. In this, like, in 17th Door, it is... It's, like, a VR experience where, like, it's, like, like you're being electrocuted, like, on death row. Hmm. Which is also, like, real people die on death row. Some of them are innocent. Like, yeah. And even, yeah, I do think that portraying it visually is different than putting yourself through it in a physical for fun. Yeah. Question mark? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But there Why is, are you bringing up ethics, Tegan? Anyway, there this is isn't an ethics podcast. <laughs> there is something really interesting about the fact, though, that I think looking at horror, which people talk about this all the time, looking at horror, you can see what people are truly scared of. Right? Yeah. Or at least what, like, the general population is totally. scared of. And I think these extreme haunted houses show, number one, how desensitized we are to stuff. And number two, the things we're actually scared of. And there are, like, one of the places has, like, a police brutality scene. And one of the places has, like, a prison sequence. Yeah. And it's very much, like, they don't have zombies. Yeah. Which I think well, there's, says something about where we're at as a society. Well, in horror movies too, there's like this whole like concept of of high concept horror. Yes. A24 films. Yep. Ari Aster, Hereditary, Midsommar. But even like Jordan Peele stuff. Like yeah. I just watched Get Out this week. A freaking Nope is... And Nope, which isn't like really it's straightforward horror. No. But... It, it does get at some, like, terrifying things about what we're talking about, about, like, the spectatorship. of man. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, how terrifying, like, the human gaze is. Yeah. Get Out is about, like, you know, white people co-opting black bodies, which yeah. is just, like, a, a really deep in, like, America's history mm-hmm. and just, like, the entire Western world. And... And then there's ones like Midsommar, which, as far as I can tell, are really about, like, mental health and they become about how like people have have gone past fearing things and into fearing themselves and like their relationships and it's fascinating and it's valuable and like you're you're so right about like what terrifies a like the culture is what becomes terrifying in our media including haunted houses yeah (laughs) it's all it's so real so something funny in the wake of all this there's all these Yes, extreme fun haunted houses. Well, Get I just to want to. <laughs> these extreme haunted houses, right? It's like these terrifying things. They're real things I'm scared of. There's this video at 17th Door 
where it's like shot of people being drowned, literally. Shot of people being electrocuted, literally. Shot of guy holding a single cockroach and people screaming and running (laughs) away from cockroach. And I just, it's so funny. Like, there's all these terrifying rooms. And then in the comments of the video, a bunch of people were like, oh, I could do this if it wasn't for the cockroach. I could do this if it wasn't for the bug room. How do you get out of the bug room? Oh, my friend told me that if you skip the 11th door, you don't have to deal with the bugs. And I'm like, what? Does this say something? (laughs) Because this kind of scares me personally. (laughs) Where it's like, oh, the thing we're scared of most. Biology. Yeah, the, the natural world. The only thing in this entire place that is real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also just a single cockroach. And it was like a dubia, like a feeder cockroach. Just, it's so nothing. And it was like an empty room. And it was like a guy dressed as a clown holding a cockroach. And everyone's like screaming and running away from him. And he's like moving it towards their faces. And they're like, ah. And I was like, what? (laughs) It felt, it feels so low effort compared to everything else. But phobia of insects is deep. Mm-hmm. We're scared of disease. That's what that one is. Yeah. And also decomposing bodies, which are full of bugs. I mean, that's fair, though. That's probably where the phobia actually comes from. <laughs> Cockroaches a... don't really figure into that conversation. No, but, but the creepy crawly, it makes sense. Well, and a lot of psychological disorders tap Don't yum that someone phobia. else's yucks, Tegan. I'm yumming that yuck. I want to eat every cockroach. And then I want to close with some real horror, which is that... New studies on Halloween, which the fact that there's studies on Halloween is cool, right? It means that it's, like, important enough to the cultural consciousness. That's something the trick-or-treat book was arguing. Like, Halloween isn't just, like, a fun thing. It's actually, like, important to our culture. Yeah. A Yale University study found that birth rates decrease on Halloween as opposed to Valentine's Day when they rise. An article in Psychology Today calls Halloween the new New Year's in terms of the social pressures experienced by young adults anxious to connect that's me i'm an anxious i read that and i was like really you're gonna call me out psychology today halloween the real horror is that you don't have a party to go to and that's the end i i have a party to go i know i don't (laughs) another year has come i even i'm trying to throw my own it'll be great it'll be great but you know what day it's not on halloween (laughs) yeah It's okay. I don't want to go to your weird film party, mandated <laughs> Halloween party. We'll see if I go. <laughs> Maybe we could just watch a movie instead. No, well, if you want to come to my house, I'm hoping that trick or treaters will come. <laughs> That'd and be they cute. They'll be wearing cute little costumes. I enjoy trick treaters. <gasps> when I was a kid, I would always. Well, not always, but there were a couple of years where my goal was to get one of every kind of candy because my family would do ha- like trading at the end of the night. Oh, so yes, could, yes, yeah, they yes. would what they want. And one person would have like one Mr. Good Bar, which nobody likes. And I'm like, I will give you I will give you 12. <gasps> oh, when they knew your your siblings knew your predilection so they could. Yeah, I'll, I'm price. like, I'll give you 12 Swedish fish packets. And this person would obviously like Swedish fish and then be like, of course. And I would, but that's what, that's what commerce should be. We felt, we both felt like we benefited, you (laughs) know? Yeah, no, hot take. That's what commerce should be. Yeah. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Snickers, except I only want one or two of those. But sweet tarts, it's probably sweet tarts. I really like, I was always a Reese's kid. I do really love a Reese's, but if I eat like two at a time, I get sick. That's the issue with the chocolate ones. Sweet tarts, I just go. You know what's a problem? The Trader Joe's peanut butter cups. So good. I don't get sick after eating two. You know what I mean? So you just keep going? They're too powerful. They're too delicious. They're They're too well balanced. 
You're right. They're not as like sweet. You know what would be funny? Oh, somebody dressing up as Trader Joe. I'm sure that's happened. What if it was Trader? Like Trader. <laughs> like you're a Joe. Trader Joe. Oh no. High concept. Did I just make political commentary? <gasps> <laughs> a Joe party would be good. That would be good. It would be good if we do a costume. You party. could you could mandate that. For I'm your not Halloween gonna party. mandate someone's dress up costume. as a Joe. I'll do that in like April. You know. <laughs> okay. Are you doing a birthday party? When do you think my birthday is? December. Okay. I thought it was, <laughs> didn't think it was in April. <laughs> no, yeah. mine is in April. That's why I thought party. about it. Yeah. I'll do a birthday party. Or I want a party to happen for my birthday. Whether Wink, I do wink. It. Nudge, nudge. Whether I do it or someone else does. Okay. I'll, my husband Let did. me just go text dessert. Have I had any bad sandwiches recently? I don't know. The other day I was like, oh, man, I ate. I had a like a bun. From the Asian market. Oh. And it was really good. Yeah. And it kind of hurt my tummy. And I told Brinley, oh, man, I had a bun from the Asian market and it kind of hurt my tummy. And she said, oh, was it a bad sandwich? And was, like, excited about it. And it's happened a couple times where I tell Brinley, like, oh, my stomach hurts. And she's like, is it a bad sandwich? Like, she just wants me for my content. She doesn't want me for me. She's a bad little sister. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe the real bad sandwich was the little sisters we found along the way. Speaking of which, yours every now and then comes up to that window and looks at me. I haven't noticed that. It's like a jump scare. Jenny Jenny had a bad sandwich, and by bad sandwich, I mean she got beef juice all over her pants. And it was Jenny's fault. <laughs> For ordering a French dip sandwich when we were in the car. Let's eat, let's eat a French dip on the go. You know when you're like, oh man, I need to eat something fast. Let me just get some fettuccine Alfredo from Olive Garden and pound it while I'm driving. <laughs> I had, oh, I want to tell everyone to look at our website because we have one. It's true. Be more specific. Dot mm. org. <laughs> I always forget. I know. Because dot com was taken and dot gov they won't let us have. We uh, thought about W. WTF. Yeah. But we want to be we wanted to be family friendly, just like this whole episode. I know. I might put a trigger warning in the description. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Next time we're talking about spelling bees. Yeah. I cannot imagine that will be particularly. I'm so exciting. I'm so excited. I'm so ex- I'm so excited. I get told I'm exciting a lot. You're exciting. I don't get told that a lot. I lied. I can say it <laughs> more often if you'd like. Oh, I wanted, so this morning while I was finishing up my notes, can you tell the listeners what you did to me? <laughs> yeah. So I <laughs> I woke up at 1130. I was like, I got to do my research for my episode of the podcast. I just hopped onto Google Drive and I was like, I saw the haunted houses was the first thing on there. And I was like, I wonder if she's on it right now. Or I just wanted like a sneak peek. Yeah. So I clicked on it. Lo and behold, she was typing. So I just put a little enter. I said, hi. And I, across town, jumped out of my skin I, saw, I said, well, I said, hi, I am haunting you. Yes, with the you. I, well, first I saw the hi because I noticed in the corner it said that there was a, another like, Person? user. Oh, yeah. And I was like, do I have it open in another tab? Because that had happened earlier. So I navigated away and then I looked back at my other monitor and I just see hi, period. And I was like, oh, you know when you get so scared, like you taste blood in your mouth? <laughs> You've said this before. I it's don't. Whenever I, it's if I get really scared, like every muscle tenses and then my mouth feels with blood taste. And there's no blood. It just, I think. It's psychosomatic. It must be some like adrenaline thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
Or I actually hurt myself every time. I don't know. I can't be bothered. Like, no, what you're feeling is your cheeks bursting. But yeah, it terrified me and I yelped and then Desert came in and then he typed a message to Becca. (laughs) It was nice. (laughs) And then I left. And then she left and I was like, oh, good. And I continued writing about Mm. torture houses. (laughs) So cool. Okay, I think we're done. Well, we got to say we have to say something funny at the end. Hi again. It's a share Twitter quote. <laughs> share tweeted that once. Share, share tweeted hi again once. Yeah, and I quote it all the time. My, Very few people notice. My favorite tweet is when Martha Stewart tweeted, oi. <laughs> it looks like oil. It's O O I and then capital I. So she just tweeted the word oi, but it's... But it looks like oil. <laughs> I can't quote that. It is a visual gag that I'm explaining for our live audio podcast. Uh, well, love you. Oi. Oh. <laughs>